0: Ladies and gentlemen, once again, here we are. We're ready to get into it. It's time for the Duval Dive. Of course, with me as always, my friend Travis Holmes of Big Cat Country. Of course, I'm Kyle Nash, the student of the game of Jaguar Report. And listen, I know it's been a tough time for Jaguar fans of late. Uh, Hmm. With all the injuries and all that went on, a number of losses, a fourth straight loss for those who are keeping track at home there on Christmas Eve, not the gift that the Duval devout were hoping for in Tampa. But as I wrote in Christmas holiday fashion, Travis Holmes on Jaguar report, and even open this show with, I still feel pretty confident the Jags will get 10 wins, but there's a number of things that may Mm -hmm. prevent that and may also promote that here. We'll get into some of that. First of all, I'm not going to go far as well. Maybe I will go as far to say, burn the tape concept uh, for Christmas Eve. Obviously Trevor hurt again, um Colts fans thinking they're justified and making jokes about trying to say Trevor Lawrence is injury prone because they're hurt in in their soul about Anthony Richard Anthony Richardson. Yes, him, the quarterback. Yeah. Right, their draft pick that made it four games. First of all, calling either of them injury prone at this point probably a little tall. But hmm. listen, for all the stuff that's going on, one thing that 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 is a common theme right now for the Jags is injury And it felt like nothing worked against Tampa, right? I think that's a safe way to feel, uh, to express how the Duval devout in general feel, right, Travis?
1: I, I think so. And at the end of the day, the reason that we all have that feeling is simply because when you are down 30 to zero, it feels like nothing worked. Now, and that's, and feelings, however you feel, that's the reality, unfortunately, but, we talked about this a little bit before we started the pod. Uh, I walked away after rewatching the game, the, the, the all 22, I walked away from that game feeling actually very optimistic on the long-term, you know, prospects of the team and the long-term prospects of Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and he actually did a few things really, really well. Uh, but it just, the, the things that they can't do, will continue to be a problem unfortunately like running the ball and like you know it, having those explosive plays those are the big things that get you the big points
0: now wait a minute just just wait a second here travis okay because y- y- you sprinkled in some of that travis home this team makes me drink realism slash p- pessimism in there but you came away from the field from the film rather feeling better like yeah I'm going to need a little help with that. What was it that that, that lifted your spirit such that it was
1: well, again you, you, I mean, we like we do when we have our film prep when we look into the numbers and everything else and the data tells us one thing i went into looking at the all 22 tape saying all right i know what i'm about to see i'm trevor lawrence is going to be missing his checkdowns he's going to be missing his hots he's not going to be identifying the blitzes there are going to be some miscommunications at receiver and some of these things did happen don't get me wrong they they did and there were some key plays that resulted in fumbles that were because of some of these issues we'll talk about that later but uh, later. <laughs> but overall ashley no he matriculated the ball downfield well. they even ran the ball at first to start the game on the first few series Moderately well until so the game just kind of got out of hand. Um, he saw he 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 hit his he hit his hots early, you know, he was moving the ball down the field with uh Evan Ingram. And until they started having those turnovers, those miscommunication issues, those you know, hey, I just didn't practice with you, I wanted you to do this, and then you instead did this. Uh, situations other than that, I actually saw that Trevor did his job. And overall, the issues are when you get into those third and short situations, those money downs, maybe even those fourth down situations, you know you can't run the ball because the offensive line stinks on the inside. Mm -hmm. And so you're forced to throw it, unfortunately. And then it becomes a lot of those option routes where you're just in the what You're expecting the receiver to go right, they go left, and you're kind of just stuck holding the ball. You're holding the bag, and that's a lot of what happened in this game.
0: So, and, and for context, for those that may be kind of wondering, how could Travis be so positive? Please remember last <laughs> week's two-ball dive when Travis, in my opinion, very thoroughly gave an excellent uh, explanation for tracking where it's more than likely Trevor got his concussion and then showed the throws that were just completely missed and off base. Now, I'm not here yeah. saying that Travis felt like there was still more concussion action. I, on the contrary, it sounds like based on what you're describing from reading the film, maybe he was right to be out of concussion protocol, at least from the standpoint of how he yeah. was delivering the football. But I, I, the other issues were creeping up, and and we right. were having a conversation beforehand you made an appearance on the PSF app with uh, UCF Jaguar himself, Josh. Bing, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> the Bing. We live there. That's right. By the yes. way, I'm pretty sure we're going to be doing an episode of the Duval Dive live this weekend. Travis and I will talk more about that and see if we can coordinate it. So look out, for that, by the way. Yeah, it's worth a Bing. Bing! But all that in mind, Travis, I-, I feel like you mentioned the inability to run the ball. You can't run the ball inside. Mostly because the interior linemen, except for maybe Ezra Cleveland, are just going to be guaranteed a loss up front. Um, And maybe sometimes him, too. I mean, sometimes
1: he, him, too. Yes, yes, yes.
0: Granted, I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass as the newest arrival to the offense. I got you. Um Not not not. Listen, it's depending on the era. I haven't paid attention to the all all 22 as closely as you have. No,
1: I understand. Offensive line play is a lot of communication. You're the one who always hammers that into my head. It's a lot of communication. He's the newest guy on the line. I fully understand it. He gets a little bit of a rope.
0: I'm ta- well, right? I- I'm saying I'm I'm taking I'm taking your word for a lot of it here too because also this week I hadn't done quite as much research as you. know, not because of the holiday, at least not the Christmas holiday, but for all the bowl action I'm doing this weekend. Mm-hmm. For the three point conversion, bing. Uh, the Pop Tarts bowl is going to happen Thursday night. Then Monday, uh, or rather, happened to Thursday night, depending on when you saw uh, see this video, right? And then uh, the upcoming Monday is the Citrus Bowl, and I'm covering both. No, I'm not necessarily excited to see Iowa play Tennessee, but that's a whole other question. Um, <laughs> that all being said, um, you could try to run it inside. The assumption is that right. you're going to have a loss inside in line play. Um, there, were,
1: there was and, a lot of there were a lot of those in this game.
0: But I build on that to say, if the if if the other side, if the defensive coordinator is watching and fe- tape and feels confident that their interior can control your interior, which with Tampa. They're not bad there. They may start doing things, watching for an outside run. And I don't care how good Travis Entian is. When the numbers are overwhelming like that, the defensive coordinators can see you coming. You're you're helpless. The, you're, oh, by the way, Anton Harrison at some point getting injured as well. Uh, getting banged up, I should say. Not necessarily right. injured. But, I mean, that certainly had to have been a factor. And, and props for him for making the, this big an impact as a rookie in a positive way, too. But... Yeah, at yeah. that point you can't run. You're one dimensional, and then Trevor gets hurt too, hurting his shoulder. So at that point you're just royally screwed, right? I mean, what do you do?
1: I mean, yeah, and, and and again, there is a limited amount you're going to be able to take from this game when the score is twenty to zero, and then it gets to twenty-seven to zero. So a lot of what we're even talking about is specifically w- when the game was twenty to zero and beforehand, because that's when you can truly make effective change as far as the, the the play calls as far as the scheme as far as all those types of things uh but then once Trevor got injured you know he had his I don't want to call it garbage time but we'll say late touchdown and then it immediately gets injured that changes the whole scope of the game at that point you're kind of just all right man yeah like I think a lot of even Jags fans are just i right I'm gonna do something more important I'm gonna go and do some laundry or whatever it is and just kind of just went about their day at that point because that was a rough watch. At that point
0: um let's get the kids and have them open their one present on christmas
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh but no but 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 again i still walked away from this offense if we're talking about trevor specifically i walked away and again i'm i'm not optimistic and you know I, i'm this- probably top five <laughs> pe- most pessimistic people uh that still thought the jaguars would win 10 games which is just a crazy like oxymoron but the trevor had a reasonably Good game outside of the one issue that we're going to talk about uh, when we have show and tell. But overall, there was just no juice as far as the receiving core was concerned. Like you had Elijah Cooks, who actually had a really good game, his three catches. They kind of went away from him at that point after that, just because I think there wasn't enough separation for Trev to feel comfortable to give him, you know, more looks. Uh, but they also figured out like Press Taylor is actively in real time, trying to figure out what these receivers do well versus the previous receivers, you know, like Kurt and Zay that we had. And you can see the way that they're changing their play calling the way that they're changing the offense. In very many ways, they're trying to figure out what guys do well and what guys don't, and that may be positive for this upcoming week. At least there may be some you know small changes you'll see as far as how he runs the offense against the Panthers versus last week. So hopefully, fingers crossed. When um, we get, you know, we'll see what the what happens with the quarterback and Trevor Lawrence practicing and playing and everything else. But it, it may be positive.
0: And, and just a general thing that that I note here too. I, I don't care. From my, it's and this is my personal opinion. Come after me, you want to? Twitter handles right there on the screen. V S O T T. If you're listening to the podcast, typically if you're shouting into the void on Twitter or wherever you are, oh, the play calling that tells me you don't know anything about play calling, and, and that's right. a level of football, by the way. Oh, golly, the play calling. Um, that's just kind of a general boogeyman term that you saw. Right. Something that didn't go as well as you'd like. And, and and listen, rightly so as a member of the Duval devout, you want to see things work. But to just shout play calling into the void isn't the answer. And I think, Travis, when we get to show, don't tell here, um, uh, uh, talking mm-hmm. about how they're dealing with turnovers and things like that.
1: Let's use the reverse as the perfect example. Everyone in Duval County was throwing stuff at their TV screens and cursing their moms out, talking about <laughs> talking about that reverse call. Like it, like, like we didn't love that reverse call the other four times that happened successfully with Calvin yeah. Ridley expo- having explosive plays. Yeah, no. right. Like if it works, we love it. If it doesn't, it doesn't, and we we don't. But we talked about this again before the pod started. Uh, we have we need a little bit of a refinement from Tim Jones. He gave away the reverse in in how he lined up. He lined up like a guy playing basketball about to set a pick. Before the snap of the ball, he's lining up like this, not like a receiver, not like I'm on the line. And I wish I would have recorded that piece just to show people before the snap, like the linebacker points him out and says, no, he's like, this is what's happening. And then he makes a play on the on Calvin really doing the reverse. Like the guy, it's just that's one of those things that you have to refine, like like you talked about before. You have to have that refinement because, again, you can be a good college player, but in the NFL, this comes down to the small stuff.
0: You could even be a good special teams player. I wrote a lot about Tim Jones as a special teams player on Jaguar report in the preseason. Bing! But um, let's get into the show. Don't tell as you build on that concept. Hey, this yeah. reverse was good. It was execution. So let's walk right into it right here.
1: All right, so this is the one, actually one of the plays that I said Trevor made a mistake and no one – everyone's saying, hey, the offensive line is bad, the offensive line is bad. Yeah, maybe, but they blitz seven with six people blocking. Trevor has to know that on the snap of the ball. But why do I mention that? Because on the snap of the ball, this is the All-22, Tim Jones is open now, 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 throw the ball. Like, at the end of the day, that was – this fumble was on Trev and no one else, no one else. This was the miscommunication that Doug Peterson was talking about. This is not a wrong check. It's not an incorrect route. It is simply they're playing cover two, and Trev and the quarterback – I mean, so Trev and the offense is expecting this to be a vertical, more like a skinny post. He he curls it. It's an interception, but that's not on Trev. Mm -hmm. This is the other, quote-unquote, miscommunication because you have two receivers running behind each other, literally right behind each other, and that's obviously not the way it's drawn up. However, this is going to be an interception anyways. (laughs) <laughs> this is going to be an interception, anyways. No matter how you look at this, because that linebacker read Trevor's eyes literally the entire way. If you can watch it from the snap of the ball, he's looking at Trev. He's going where Trev goes into his drop, and he just picks the ball off. Even without the miscommunication, that's still a pick. And I don't, know, I can't necessarily blame Trev, but I also can't just say it's on the miscommunication. It was just an ugly ugly play
0: well and that's spoken like a defensive back in the truest form travis let me tell you what i see here is when you got a, a play that's going on where two receivers are running the same route how are hmm. you supposed to look a guy off you don't know where anybody's going so yeah reading the <laughs> eyes is going to kill a quarterback because he can't look anybody off he's got to he's got there to- redefine the play. So I feel like Trevor's eyes may be play better in an instance where the two damn receivers aren't running on each other's heels. I think that's worthy of mention.
1: <laughs> um, no, that's fair. That's fair. Kevin Rittles is literally running three yards behind Parker Washington when the ball's released from his hand. And that's like, what do you do as a quarterback? I get it. That's, that's why I say I walked away from this feeling better about Trev because the Jags have four turnovers. Three of them, I mean, three to three of these turnovers led to twenty-one points in the game. That the other team scored thirty-three. That's the ball game. No matter how your defense does, that is the ball game. Like you can't beat that. And the Jaguars have to be better about protecting the ball, as Doug Peterson stated on Tuesday. But we've been saying this for four weeks straight now.
0: Well, oh, and and I'll even add this too. This is another credit to the defense that I've been throwing. We've been saying all year, you know. Um, it's not every time that the the turnovers turn into the maximum number of touchdowns either with this defense. But right. I mean, a, at some point you you can't live on that. You know, we we talked about against the Ravens on Monday night that mm-hmm. uh, two for five in the red zone were the Ravens against the defense, but the Jags on offense, unfortunately, were completely inept. So you know, it, it, it's that mix there too. But as much as we've been griping about. Mm-hmm the ineptitude of the offense. Here's some concepts that work that we may see going into Carolina. A little bit of more show. Don't tell Travis. Talk about the dagger concept
1: here. So the Jaguars ha- haven't run much dagger this year as far as run, actually throwing it to the dig route. But here they find Elijah Cooks on that 15 to 20 yard dig. And then they later come back to the same concept with uh, Calvin Ridley running it. And again, we haven't seen much of it because of the offensive line, because, you know, even on that play, Trevor didn't seem like he was comfortable holding the ball as long as he had to hold it. So then now they do a little bit more max protection and now they run the exact same route combination. With Calvin Ridley, the only difference is it's more of a skinny post instead of a straight vertical. Uh, so this is something that you can see Press Taylor's wheels moving in his head. He's trying to figure out how to use these guys better because we don't have all the dolls we would normally have. We don't have Kurt anymore. We didn't have Zay in the game. Well, now we have a Tim Jones and Elijah Cooks. How do we use these guys appropriately, whereas the offense was, may have been created for those smaller, quicker guys? Because, again, Elijah Cooks is a bigger target maybe a little bit slower getting to that spot, you know, so how do we run the route combinations that's going to work best for these guys? And again, there are some good things that came out of this game. You can see, maybe they're going to run a little bit more play action coming out of this game against the Panthers. Maybe they're going to run a few more dagger concepts. Maybe they'll even give him some more contested catch opportunities because now he's a different type of receiver than what we previously had. Um, but again, I felt bad for press Taylor, because he's going to get all the he's he's going to get all the action and all the flames from all the fans, and unfortunately, I don't think he necessarily deserves it. Because frankly, there's not much you can do with the players that are on the field, in my personal opinion.
0: Well, right, and and, and these hiccup games, as I'm calling them. Listen, let let's get a couple other things out here too. By the way, all I heard about was Shane Steichen for you know however many weeks. Oh, here's the coach of the year. He lost to the fraud cons, twenty nine to ten, I think it was mm-hmm. something like that. Okay. They lost their game. The uh, Texans, and I'm not going to make fun of them because they played a Browns team um, that is the most underrated NFL defense. I said it weeks ago when the Jags played them. I've been saying basically the second half of the season on this and the student of the game pod, bing, like that. The the, the Texans running into that buzzsaw without C.J. Stroud was going to be a loss. I was confident in that. But now both teams have helped the Jags hold serve. They could potentially clinch the division this coming up weekend against yeah. the Carolina Panthers. And that dagger concept could be part of it. Just, just to make it clear, um, for those who didn't, you know, are listening to the pod, it's one receiver up top to pull the safety. That's going to be a speed guy, you know, let's say like a Calvin Ridley type, and then somebody who's behind the linebackers, you know, that could catch the dig underneath to take advantage of the space that's left there by the way right. you mentioned something about trevor being uncomfortable with it a it's a concept they don't run a lot b if you're holding the ball for a while on this o-line with as many injuries that's as ever had <laughs> you can't blame this poor guy don't
1: that's it but again as you saw the second one he was a lot more comfortable with it but it, it, that's what i said that you have an elijah cooks running it he's going to take a a tick longer to get to that spot versus a Calvin Ridley running the same route. He's going to be there a step or two ahead of the time. And that difference is the difference between Trevor getting hit and Trevor getting that ball out. Like, so that's the piece.
0: I think we see a concept here too, where Evan Ingram could be utilized if he sees a zone uh, as well there too. There may need to be some adjustments there in that concept, but here's the big thing for me, Trevor, if they're going to rely on the dagger, they need to come out with it early and often. I mean, come out throwing, with this i don't Mm -hmm. care who the starting quarterback is if it's bathard or trevor which by the way as reported on bigcatcountry.com um uh that was your article right Mm -hmm. yeah so trevor's practicing
1: yes trevor's practicing at least he was doing the individual drills as far as that's concerned on thursday which is crazy to me because i'm like wait a minute wait what he's practicing with an ac sprain all right Every time I every time I say this guy should not play or should not practice or just take a week off and just get better you can't bet against him you let's, never know yeah let's bottom line it he's
0: practicing with a hurt throwing shoulder <laughs> as we
1: understood it and right. as I wrote on Tuesday, you know, AC sprains, there's a lot of quarterbacks who's had, I mean, there's a lot of players who've had these over the t- over the last few years, um, but there is a few play like, it, it, for a grade one, let's assume it's the most minimal AC sprain you can have. Even a grade one AC sprain is generally one to three weeks, you know, Mark Andrews, Sam Bradford, etc. And then you start getting into the grade two area of time, and that's Derek Carr, Jameis Winston. That's normally, you know, three to six week time frame uh, just for recovery, and they pad it up, they put medication, they maybe you know shoot it up everything they have to do there and i'm just sitting there like wait he's practicing on thursday doing individual stuff like at least throwing the ball whoa bro but so he still may not be doing the team stuff and there's still maybe some miscommunications as far as the receivers and the quarterback is concerned that we've already been talking about for literally the entire month of december some of november what are we doing man (laughs) sit him down like what are we doing
0: I would feel more comfortable if Christian Kirk was in this game because I feel like the two of them have developed a good chemistry um, mm-hmm. this in their second season together. I, I think that's a worthy point as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I get it. The guy's a beast. He's so tough that, you know, the lamestream media thought the Jacksonville Jaguars didn't have any golf carts in the, fa- in the facility, right? <laughs> I'm going to keep making that joke, dude. I'm sorry. Because it's <gasps> who has been at many games covering the Jacksonville Jaguars at Everbank, as I've seen, where they take a pair of card, uh, uh, golf carts every damn week to take the opposing coaches to their locker room? Right. That's just a dumb take, okay? Anyways.
1: It was I, so dumb.
0: I digress. I digress. <laughs> I digress. Um,
1: no, but at the end of all of it, I'm just like, all right, cool. So if he's going to play, fine, but – don't be, you know, Deontay Johnson. Don't be one of those guys, or you know, even Big Ben. Don't be one of those guys who has to play every week, but then when they play, they play at a diminished fashion. You know what I mean? Like, don't be one of those guys. Uh, I'm I'm going to play, but I'm going to be less of myself, and it's going to impact the offense. But if you're going to, I have said this all the time: if you're going to play, you're going to get the criticism like you're healthy. Like you have to. That's 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 just part of the game, unfortunately. And uh, the they keep having one. The right and book- they, yeah. Right, but but they keep getting these um, these miscommunication things and it's because they're not practicing. Was Trevor himself said on Wednesday, "Hey, I'm not practicing and some other guys aren't practicing and that does cause these miscommunications, but then if you still can't practice because of your injury, but you're going to play, you're it's circular reasoning. It's going to keep happening because nothing can get better if you're not practicing."
0: Well, that's the die roll too. And I mean, listen, it's 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 coach Jimmy Johnson, the guy who had all the success with the Cowboys who said the most valuable pl- two players on your roster is your quarterback and your backup quarterback. Apparently they don't trust CJ Bathard to fill the gap, or they're not able to talk uh, Trevor off the ledge. I, I don't know which <clears throat> it is precisely. I'm obviously not that close to what they're doing in the locker room. I'm not a member of the team, anything like that. But it- 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 that's what that tells me is they don't think CJ Bathard can deliver on that. Perhaps <clears throat> listen, two big thi- three big things. This offense needs, right? Interior lineman a big target because really the biggest target that's on the field is Evan Ingram. The biggest target on the squad is Jacob Harris in the practice squad. And he's only played, but the one game against the Texans that went completely wrong on special teams. Like technically speaking, UCF's Jacob Harris is the biggest player on the team with at the receiver spot and they do not use him. So I think that's what you're going to see here. You know, don't be surprised in late rounds here coming up in the draft if they get a large wide receiver or something happens in, um, in free agency as such, it's somebody with some size. I like
1: that. I mean, it's a deep wide receiver draft. It is, it's a really deep wide receiver draft, but it's only going to be a deep wide receiver draft if you don't, like, if you get rid of one of the guys you currently have. So that's that has to be with the built-in assumption that either Calvin Ridley's not on the roster, Zay Jones, not, one of these guys is not on the roster.
0: Yeah, whether it's them or or, or one of the guys down the chart. Somebody, like, listen, we, we talked about in the preseason the depth and battle that is this receiver core. You know, or, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe you just say, uh, maybe you just damn the torpedoes and stay with the Lollipop Guild. I don't know, but the punchline is this. I don't mean mean that as disrespect to the skill. That's a hype. That I
1: got you. I got you.
0: But um, with that in mind, we're at that point. Travis, tell us what you think is going to happen at EverBank Stadium in the final game in Duval, uh, in the regular season at least. Uh, with the Carolina Panthers.
1: So I'd be a wild boy to say to predict uh, a loss for a Jacksonville Jaguars team against a team that literally just got their second win of the season. Uh <laughs> skepticism knows some bounds. We'll put it that uh, way. Right. I want to consider myself a, 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 you know, a realistic pessimist. Like I'm just not trying to just be you know, crazy out in these streets. So um, I do believe the Jaguars would will win against the Panthers. I'm saying something like a lower scoring messy game, um, like a 23, 17 Jaguars over Panthers. Uh, But I will say this, the Jaguars will have to find a way to be successful early. Um, I mean, this is what three games is it three games straight, like against Cleveland, Baltimore and Tampa Bay, the first five or six series, they had zero points in all three of those games. Like I'm, at that point we're getting to some real comments yeah yeah you yeah, know cleveland first six drives baltimore first five drives tampa bay first six drives all zero points for their offense you like that damn <laughs> like right like that's one of those ones that is like okay cool i wanted to make sure my notes weren't crazy all right cool no yeah they we obviously have to score points that's missed field goals that's turnovers etc but this is one of those defenses where you should be able to do it. Literally the worst defense. Well, sorry, not the worst defense, the 30th ranked defense in the league for, uh, you know, DVOA and 27th ranked, in, you know, offense. So, like, it, they're, not, they're not good in either one of these things. However, Bryce did show up a little bit against the Packers, uh, you know, last week. So you never, you never know, against our, especially against our defense. But, again, I'm holding out a little bit of hope on this one, and that's not my forte. Jaguars 23, <laughs> Panthers 17. That's where I'm leaning on, man.
0: Yeah, that's that's not the world Travis lives <laughs> in, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's wrong to go there. Um, that being said, I hear what Travis is telling you. For you degenerates out there, bet the under, not the game. Um, <laughs> and and I say all that to say, you say 23-17. I'm a bit more pessimistic on the scoring myself. I think each side has at least one turnover. I think Bryce has two, 20-13 in favor of your Jaguars that okay. should do all devout joys uh, from us. And as I said in my poem on Jaguar report, um, I still think the Jags get 10 wins and they're going to make the playoffs regardless. But now with help from the other teams, they can win the division week. eighteen is going to take somebody out, um, be it the Colts or the Texans. So that should all be interesting for you. AFC South fans out there. So um, that'll wrap this week's edition of the Duval Dive. Travis, tell the people.
1: I can be found on all the socials, Travis D. Holmes, just like you see here. You can find me here every Friday at 11, uh, 1115 eleven fifteen. I'm sorry, a.m. The Duval Dive, a Jaguars podcast. You can also find me on the South Florida Tribunes inside the Pickskin every Tuesday, wherever uh, you get your pods, wherever you get your pod, your, you get your pod uh, information, uh, subscriptions, and also you can find my writings covering the Jaguars at BitcatCountry.com.
0: An honor, joy, and privilege to have you in, my friend. Of course, I am Kyle Nash, the student of the game. You can find me on Twitter at the SOTG. Find me on Instagram and threads as the same the SOTG. Check out my writings with Jaguar Report. Of course, you'll see my weekly predictions I do with the rest of the team at Jaguar Report, as well as my weekly game day takeaway. Shouts to my dude, uh, John Shipley, for doing his thing to get me involved with that. Of course, my writings with the three-point conversion. I have covered three bowl games for them. Uh, Check out my Cure Bowl wrap if you're into uh, uh, um, G5 football. And, of course, I am working on the Pop-Tarts Bowl and the Citrus Bowl. So check that out on the three-pointconversion.com. As well as my work with the black and gold Banneret. I also covered the Gasparilla Bowl, also covering UCF. Basketball as well. So, check out those items I do there on blackandgoldbanneret.com, as well as the Night Shift podcast connected with the Black and Gold Banneret. And also, my work covering the Orlando Magic with A7BN Sports. I will be back in the building there on uh, January 9th. The Timberwolves come to town. I get to see some action from the NBA West. That should be a fun thing there, too. But with all that in mind, uh good luck for you there, Duval Devout, because if they don't win this week, I'm even going to get pretty negative. Hmm. Until next time, my friends, for Travis Holmes of Big Cat Country, I am Kyle Nash, the student of the game of Jaguar Report. Class dismissed.